Look, I got to tell you, in all due sensitivity, if you are a member of a fan base who is no longer playing football this season, but if you don't love the dynamic of these playoffs, the dynamic of an under 26-year-old quarterback guaranteed to win the AFC title and an over 30 veteran quarterback, maybe their last best chance, definitely going to win the NFC title and those two teams definitely going to meet in the Super Bowl, I just don't think you like football. What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees, and welcome to the AFC and NFC Championship Round predictions for the 2021 NFL playoffs, obviously the culmination of the 2020 NFL season. So back in the divisional round, Results were all right, could have been better, certainly could have been worse. Did only go two and two picking the game straight up. I missed New Orleans as well as Baltimore winning their respective games. That's got me six and four straight up. I'd like to be a little bit better, but I'll take six and four. Against the spread, also went even money. Two and two against the spread in the divisional round. That still also has me six and four against the spread. So I'm still even money with my straight up record. I'm not too upset about that. And on the totals, had a very successful week with the totals, getting three of the four correct. That actually pulls my record for the totals even at five and five. And given how the season went, Justin is very happy about that. In the Bridgewater's Finest Pick'em Pool, which of course does continue throughout the playoffs, we actually had a four-team tie in the division round. Four people in this pool it ran the table. They all went 4-0, and picking the games straight up last week. So obviously they pulled in 40 out of 40 confidence points. Well done, folks. We celebrate all of you. Merriman Will Reign remains the overall leader, but their lead has shrunk from five confidence points to just one. They're at 1,575, and the person right behind them, 1,574. So the lead has shrunk. They're definitely feeling the heat. Only 40 points remain to be earned throughout these playoffs, which means only the top 10 in the pool are still mathematically alive. If you are one of those top 10 teams, congratulations. Mathematically, you still got a shot at this thing. Of course, since there is no more fantasy football to be played, unless, of course, you're playing daily fantasy sports, which if you are, fantastic. Haven't really gotten crazy into it yet, but kind of dipping my toes in here and there. I want to say thank you, of course, to my newest affiliate, the Dynasty Trade Calculator, which is, as far as I'm concerned, the number one resource online for Dynasty, Keeper, and long-term fantasy football managers. That's really what I'm getting into now. I love the dynamic of Keeper and Dynasty fantasy football, and folks, the Dynasty Trade Calculator, it does not get any better. Check my affiliate link, which is in the description below to this YouTube video. 
for just beginning at $3 a cup of coffee, folks. You can have the number one resource in terms of Dynasty and Keeper trade evaluations, rankings, podcasts. Doesn't matter what the configuration of your league is. Doesn't matter how many people are in the league. You can get the information that you need that gives you the edge to bring yourself Keeper and Dynasty championships. I've done it myself. I will do it again without question. The Dynasty Trade Calculator is there for me. It can be there for you too. And I will take this opportunity, as I always do, to remind you that if you go to the description of the YouTube video, as well as, of course, this affiliate link that I just mentioned, you will find all of my results from last week, all of my straight up against the spread and over under plays for the AFC and NFC Conference Championship Games. You can find information on joining the Bridgewater's Finest Pick'em Pool. If you do join, you will get a reminder for next year. That is, of course, just letting you know. You can find information on joining the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page, as well as information on my great friends and sponsors at Nerd Tees. Folks, we are less than one month away from Valentine's Day. Is your significant other difficult to buy for? Take a shot on some tees from Nerd Tees. You never know what you might find. Nerdtees.ca. Hit my promo code BWFINEST. You are going to save 15% at checkout with that code. You're also going to get free shipping in Canada on any order over $100. And you're going to get a great conversion rate on the US dollar as well. Today's blend is a delicious white truffle dessert tea. Smells incredible. Smells like a bakery in this place right now. Tastes fantastic as well. Nerdteas.ca, dozens and dozens of incredible hot and cold tea blends. Green tea, black tea, white tea, matcha tea. It doesn't matter what kind of tea you like. Nerdtees has you covered. Hit that promo code BWFINEST at nerdteas.ca. Save your 15%, get your free shipping, find yourself something to love, or find someone you love something to love. You can do it at nerdtees.ca. All right, ladies and gentlemen, down to brass tacks, the AFC and NFC championship games. We're going to start in the AFC. We started in the NFC last week. The AFC championship, the number one seed versus the number two seed, I suppose, quote unquote, as it should be. The Kansas City Chiefs, now 15-2 and two champions of the AFC West, at home playing host to the Buffalo Bills. The first time Buffalo will have to hit the road in these playoffs. Bills now 15-3 and three on the season, champions of the AFC East. Chiefs enter this game three-point favorites in their own building, with a total in the game at 53.5, but question marks surround the quarterback position. Temperatures at game time are going to range anywhere from 41 to 53 degrees Fahrenheit. Also a 58% chance of rain, which means more often than not, we're going to see some wet weather out there in this game. This is a battle of the top two total offenses in football from the regular season. Chiefs number one, Bills number two. Also two of the top three pass offenses in football. Chiefs number one, Bills number three. So we there's no mistaking how this game is going to go for either side on the offensive side. That is, of course, assumes the quarterback situation for the Chiefs plays out as Chiefs fans are hoping that it will. Neither one of these teams overly committed to running the football. Chiefs just the number 16 run offense, Bills at number 20. Of course, that's just in the regular season. If you look at their respective playoff games, now of course, Buffalo's played two games, Kansas City has only played one. 
And out of the 14 teams that made the playoffs, Chiefs the number four total offense. The Bills only number 10. The Bills have not offensively lit these playoffs on fire, but they've done enough to win in both cases. Passing the ball, Chiefs number two, Bills number seven, so right around middle of the pack of playoff teams. And still, neither team particularly focused on running the football. Chiefs the number seven run offense in these playoffs. The Bills only number 11 out of 14. Also, whoever had Murder of Crows on their bingo card of audio things that will tick Justin off while he's trying to record, congratulations, you just got a bingo. These two teams exceedingly similar on the defensive side of the ball, certainly from the regular season. The number 14 and number 16 total defenses in the NFL, respectively. Bills with a slight edge there. Bills have a slight edge actually across the board here. Defending the pass, Bills number 13, Chiefs number 14. Defending the run, Bills number 17, Chiefs number 21, which could be a problem if they were playing a team that, as we mentioned, was actually committed to running the ball. Now, so far in these playoffs, what I will say, and it's, it's obviously due to the teams that the Bills have played, but teams have been able to run all over the Bills in these playoffs. And as a result, the Chiefs in their one game, the number four total defense so far in the playoffs, Bills number 12 out of 14. So that's a big hit to them. But again, look who they've had to play. I mean, they had to play... They had to play good running teams, so it's not a shock, but just when I wrote that down, I was like, huh, that's kind of interesting. Defending the pass, Chiefs number six, Bills number nine so far in these playoffs, and here, like I said, defending the run, Chiefs number seven, Bills number 11 out of 14, but, you know, who knows how much running we're actually going to see in this game. Chiefs, with their win last week, moved to 7-2 and two straight up at home this season, outscoring opponents by an average of 6 points, 27-21. to 21. Despite this, they're only 3-6 and six against the spread in their own building, because, I mean, they did not cover last week against the Browns, as I told you they wouldn't. Only 3-6 and six against the spread, and under 500 to the over on the totals this year at 4-5. and five. They did, however, move to 11-2 against AFC opponents. As I mentioned, this will be the first time the Bills have to hit the road in these playoffs. Buffalo 6-2 away from their own building this year, outscoring opponents by an average of 8 points, 31-23. to So the offense definitely on point away from home. They were 5-3 against the spread in those games, hitting 5 of 8 overs. They were also now 12-2 against AFC opponents this year. Chiefs were utterly dominant this year when they were the betting favorite in Vegas. 14-1 and straight up in those games so far this season. That includes the playoffs. However, they only covered six of those 15 lines, and they're actually under 500 to the over in those games as well. The Bills as dogs, they weren't dogs very often this year. Five games in total. They are 3-2 and two in those games. Interestingly enough, the Bills have covered against the spread and hit the over four of those five games. Since the beginning of the calendar year of 2017, these two teams have played each other twice. Each time they have won a game. However, interestingly, the home team 0-2 in those games. So in both cases, it's the road team that's picked up the win. The average score in those games, just a one-point margin of victory for Kansas City, 18-17. to 
Perhaps one of the most important things that you can be this time of year when you're playing football is healthy. And the Buffalo Bills are healthy. With the exception of Zach Moss, who we mentioned last week being put onto IR with his ankle injury, this team is basically intact from the beginning of the season. This team is very, very healthy. I can't say the same for the Kansas City Chiefs. Multiple injuries on both sides of the football. Offensively speaking, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, he's questionable with an ankle injury. Sammy Watkins, he's also questionable for this game with a calf injury. On the defensive side, it comes in the secondary and it comes in the front seven. Cornerback Rashad Fenton, he's questionable with an ankle injury. And linebacker Willie Gay, he's also questionable for this game with an ankle injury. But obviously, the big one, and I think the one that will be the most determinant in terms of who wins this football game is Patrick Mahomes, a quarterback. He injured his head slash neck. They called it a concussion. It wasn't really a huge hit to the head, but of course we know spinal cord concussions can certainly happen. That's what happened to Sidney Crosby. So it's, it's just a situation with the head and neck of arguably the best player in football and arguably the most important and most valuable player to his team in football. And this is nothing against Chad Henney, but especially when you saw that interception that he threw, where at best he was throwing into double coverage when he absolutely didn't need to, Chad Henney ain't Patrick Mahomes. He can have all the 13-yard rushes he wants. Chad Henney ain't Patrick Mahomes. So if he is limited out there against a team that can pile up points, which the Bills can, the Chiefs are going to be in trouble here. And that's the biggest mismatch to me. The Bills, the number two total offense in football. The Chiefs, middle of the road, number 16 total defense. And a middle of the road defense is going to struggle with what Josh Allen and the Bills are able to do with the football on the offensive side. Obviously, the football world will be closely monitoring the Patrick Mahomes injury situation as the week progresses. But ladies and gentlemen... I'm taking the Buffalo Bills in the upset here. I like Buffalo to go into Kansas City with how beaten up the Chiefs are, despite Andy Reid obviously being a genius and a magician and having balls the size of grapefruits. He is inarguably, to me, the best coach in the league, but I I just like the Buffalo Bills to go in there and get the win, man. I think Buffalo is a team of destiny here. I think they're doing too many good things. The Chiefs barely squeaked by a Cleveland team that I thought was overrated and have thought has been overrated for most of the season. I'm taking the Bills here in the upset, man. Buffalo in Kansas City knocks off the defending Super Bowl champs. On the line here, as I mentioned, Kansas City favored by three points. Obviously, I like Buffalo to win, so I'm going to take the Bills plus the three. But it's not just because I like the Bills to win. I'd be taking plus three here no matter what happens. The Bills, as underdogs this year, like I mentioned, four and one against the spread. And looking at the team's results after a win, both of these teams won a ton this year, obviously. After a win, the Bills against the spread were 10 and 4 and had a plus 6.7 margin of victory to the spread. After a win for the Chiefs this year, they were only 5 and 9 against the spread. And yes, that's just the spread. It's not in terms of winning the game. And yes, the Chiefs were saddled with a lot of big spreads this year because look at that offense. But they were 5 and 9 against the spread and minus 1 as a margin of victory to the spread after a win. When you have a spread that is this close, 
It's only three points. If you're gonna, if a result like that is going to follow, you're in significant risk of losing this game. This has upset written all over it to me, so that's why I'm grabbing the Bills plus three. Total in the game, like I mentioned, set at 53 and a half points. The two teams were combined 17, 10, and 1 to the over this year after a win. I think we're going to see some points in this game, whether it's Mahomes at less than 100% or whether it's Chad Henney. Let's go over the 53 and a half point total in Bill's Chiefs. Start spreading the news. Buffalo go into the Super Bowl. Bill's 30, Chiefs 27. We travel down to the hallowed grounds of Lambeau Field now for the NFC Championship game. The Packers going back to the NFC Championship after last year's absolute debacle against the San Francisco 49ers. Green Bay now playing host to the number five seed in the NFC. So Tampa Bay, the Bucks, they've been the bracket busters in the playoff brackets this year. Packers 14-3 and three straight up now on the season, champions of the NFC North. Tampa Bay on their third straight road game, back-to-back-to-back road games. They're 13-5 and five on the season, the number two seed out of the NFC South. Packers are favored on the line by three and a half points, so you gotta pay that extra half point vig in a total of 50 and a half for the game. The expected weather in Lambeau Field will be below freezing for this game, as low as 17 degrees Fahrenheit, anywhere from 17 to 30 is expected, and a 44% chance of some snow flurries. So like last week, it might not be a ton of snow, but you might see some snow at Lambeau Field. What a shock. A battle here of what was basically two top 10 offenses across the board this year, except of course in one significant area, which we've talked about now a couple of times. Look, Packers number five total offense, Bucks number seven. They both move the ball incredibly well. Bucks, the number two pass offense in football this year, Packers number nine. Both of them throw the ball very well. Packers, the number eight run offense in football, and we are really seeing that in these playoffs with what is now a three-headed monster for Green Bay at the running back position. The Bucks only number 28. They did not focus on running the ball this year. Ronald Jones had a couple of good games, but beyond that, it's not a function of this Bruce Arians offense to run the football with frequency. So far in these playoffs, Packers, the number two total offense of the 14 teams in the playoffs, Bucks inside the top five at number five. Throwing the football, Packers number four, Bucks number six in terms of total pass offense and total pass or total uh, run offense, I should say. Packers number two in these playoffs so far, Bucks number five. They've been running the ball a little bit more, something to watch out for. On the defensive side, two relatively comparable defenses on the season. The Bucks, the number six total defense in the NFL. The Packers, number nine. So two top ten total defenses. In terms of defending the pass, Packers, number seven. The Bucks lagged behind here at number 21 league-wide in defending the pass this year. Hello, Aaron Rodgers. However, of course, they did make up for that by being the number one run defense in in the NFL this season, Packers no slouches inside the top half of the league at number 13. So far in these playoffs, however, the Packers have really clamped down, continuing to clamp down, defending the pass. 
In terms of total defense, Packers the number two total defense in these playoffs. Bucks at number six. But the Packers are the number one pass defense so far in these playoffs. So obviously, they only had to play the one game, but they had an excellent game defending the pass. Bucks still struggling against the pass in relative terms. Just the number eight pass defense in these playoffs of only 14 teams. When you look at the run, it's basically similar. Bucks number four, Packers number five, defending the run in these playoffs. Green Bay moved their home record to eight and one this season with their win last week, outscoring opponents by an average of 12 points, 32 to 20. They're six and three against the spread at home and have hit five of nine overs, moving to 11 and two against NFC opponents this year. The Bucks on the road now 8-2 straight up this season. Again, this will be the third straight road game for Tampa Bay. Also outscoring opponents by an average of 12 points, 33-21. This is a damn good road team that cannot be overlooked. They're even money against the spread at 5-5, five and five, hitting 6 out of 10 overs, and are now 10-4 against the NFC. Packers extended their records as well as favorites last week. Now 12 and 2 straight up as favorites in Vegas, 9 and 5 against the spread in those 14 games, even money on the totals at 7 and 7. The Bucks now an even money 2 and 2 as underdogs this year. They've covered 3 of those 4 games against the spread, only hitting 1 of 4 overs. Since the beginning of the calendar year 2017, these two teams have played each other twice. Each team has won a game, but interestingly enough, and differing from the AFC side, the home team is 2-0 in this head-to-head matchup, and obviously this Tampa Bay team is different this year than it was in previous years, but the home team has won both matchups. The average score in those games were 29-18 in favor of the Bucks. so the Bucks win was a big one. The Packers win, I think, was by under a touchdown I believe if I remember correctly maybe 26-20 now there is a bit of injury concern on both sidelines heading into this game on Tampa Bay's side it's their starting right guard Alex Kappa he was moved to IR earlier this week with an ankle injury his season obviously is done he had allowed zero sacks this season in over a thousand offensive snaps that is a big loss on their offensive line now he did not play last week either but he only got moved to IR I think just a day or two ago on Green Bay's side is defensive lineman Kingsley Kiki, who may not be able to take advantage of the fact that there is no Alex Kappa for the Bucks. He's questionable with a concussion. I don't think he played last week, so he would still be sitting in the league's concussion protocol. And then as we saw late in the game between Green Bay and the Rams, running back A.J. Dillon, after having a pretty darn good game, he left with a quad injury. He's questionable at this point. Coach LaFleur saying he is hopeful that Dylan will play. The biggest mismatch here that I can see is going to be Green Bay's ability to move the ball through the air against what has been a middling Bucks pass defense all season long, and that's continued through the playoffs. Again, the number nine pass offense in football this year up against the number 21 secondary from the regular season and the number four pass offense in these playoffs going up against number eight out of 14. So it's relatively close to the same spot overall. So I think the biggest mismatch here is going to be when the Packers have the ball. If Aaron Rodgers has a massive game, which I mean, look, the Bucks were able to prevent Drew Brees from having that massive game. But this season, there's a pretty significant difference between Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers. 
Obviously, I have no questions about Tom Brady's ability to play in the cold and play in the snow. He's been doing it his entire career up in New England. However, he's only one part of that team. This team plays in Tampa Bay, Florida. Not necessarily uh, acclimatized to coming up north, having to play in the cold. This is, to me, the single biggest home field advantage in football, or certainly among them. Look, I'm t- you know I'm taking my Packers. You know I'm taking the Packers to win this game. That's no shock. As soon as you started the video, you should have known that I was going to take the Packers to win the game. I'm taking the Green Bay Packers to go to the Super Bowl to meet the Buffalo Bills. Packers beat the Bucks at Lambeau Field. On the line, like I mentioned, Packers are three and a half point favorites. You got to buy that extra half point hook, but I think I'm going to. Look, again, we mentioned Packers are six and three against the spread at home, nine and five against the spread as favorites. The Bucs have middling numbers in these regards. They're five and five against the spread away from home. Yes, they're three and one against the spread as a dog, but... I've only been a dog four times this year, whereas the Packers have been favorites 14. So Packers obviously have a lot more experience playing as favorites this year than the Bucks do from playing from underneath. I, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna lay those points. It's not a ton. Maybe this would be the one to hedge on, but it's only a half point. I'm gonna buy it. Packers laying minus three and a half. Total in the game set at 50 and a half points. This one I don't think goes as far over as the previous game does. The two teams are combined 11 and 8 to the over situationally. That being the Packers in Green Bay and the Bucks in any given road game. So it's a little bit of a lean to the over. I'm going to go over, but I think the total is going to be a little bit closer to what the betting total is. We're still going to stick over 50 and a half points in Green Bay, Tampa Bay. Let's go Packers 28 Bucks 24. Ladies and gentlemen, you could make the argument that a Super Bowl matchup between Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers is a matchup where Aaron Rodgers looks at himself from 10 years ago. Josh Allen reminds me in how he plays of a young Aaron Rodgers. And if he can get anywhere near the kind of career that Rodgers has had statistically, certainly in the regular season, man's going to have himself a hell of a career. This is the Super Bowl matchup that I am predicting. The Buffalo Bills and the Green Bay Packers meeting in this year's Super Bowl. There you go, folks. Those are the predictions for the AFC and NFC Championship games. We'll go over them here with you one more time. In the AFC title game, I have the Bills over the Chiefs 30-27. to I like the Bills plus the three points with the total going over 53 and a half. And in the NFC Championship game, I have the Green Bay Packers, my Green Bay Packers, defeating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 28-24. Some revenge for that relatively embarrassing game back in, I think, week six of this season. I'm laying the three and a half points with the Green Bay Packers in a game that goes over 50 and a half. With the picks now in, folks, it is time for the patented comment of the week from the Divisional Round episode. The comment of the week from the Division Round episode goes to Matt, the NFL fanatic who has himself a tremendous NFL channel in his own right. Make sure you go check Matt's content out. And you know what? When Matt's right, he's usually incredibly right. And he was definitely right here. So I got to give him some credit. Nice picks, Justin. Just disagree with Tampa Bay. I can't imagine Brady losing three times to the same team. Turns out he didn't. 
Also, the Saints' consistent playoff failures have me leery of picking them in a meaningful playoff game against a genuine QB in Brady. No, turned out that was the right call. The Saints, the first time played the Bucks with Brady, having no preseason games, and the Bucks won't play nearly as bad as the second time. Turns out he was correct. Brady's experience, I believe, will win the night. Good luck this week, JR. So as I said, when Matt's right, he's usually incredibly right. And it turns out he was incredibly right about Brady and the Bucks. Matt, yours is the comment of the week from the Division Round episode. And ladies and gentlemen, we've only got one more of these things. Only one more episode to go. That will be the Super Bowl episode. Enjoy the AFC and NFC Championship games upcoming this weekend. One of the best weekends in football. The tension and the excitement has never been higher, especially for four particular fan bases. That's it for me, Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees. If you're a longtime follower of my channel, please take note that for the rest of this week, we will have the remainder of the top 30 best movies of 2020. Got a couple more videos coming out for you. Ideally, those will come out on Wednesday and on Friday, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Those two videos are the top 20 and the top 10 best movies of 2020. Keep your eyes peeled. Thank you so much for watching and listening. Enjoy the games, and we'll be back for the Super Bowl video. Super Bowl video. I still can't believe we've made it this far. Thank you.